Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hey, everybody. So for today's episode, I wanted to focus on a format that I've been having a lot of fun with, Historic Brawl. So Historic Brawl is basically Brawl, but uh, it's Ixalan forward, so a slightly larger card pool. There's just more archetypes that are available, um, more tech, and it doesn't... uh, match so closely with what's going on with standard. Um, so I, I love the format. Unfortunately, it's not super well supported by wizards. Uh, really, we, we get like a, an FNM maybe once a month d- dedicated to Historic Brawl, but otherwise there's no cues for this format. And really the only way to play it is to like match up with your friends. Um, there are some good resources that, out there that I want to highlight. Like their Brawl Hall is a Discord server that is focused 100% on Brawl, and they have uh, matchmaking for Historic Brawl. So that's a really good resource if you want to dip your toe into this format. It's also just a great way to... um, Historic Brawl is also just a great way to continue to to make use of your your favorite Brawl commanders after they rotate out of standard. We are coming up on a rotation, so if you're really loving your... Niv-Mizzet Reborn deck, or your Kiora deck, or something like that, and it's about to... Uh, no longer be playable in the brawl queue. The brawl queues, historic brawl is a great place for you to transition to. Um, but uh, one one downside of historic brawl compared to say older commander style formats like commander or oathbreaker is that um, it doesn't have the depth of card pool. So there's things that are a little bit more difficult to do in this format. So aggro is definitely viable. Control is viable, but Combo, because you need like very specific, high-powered things to make it work, can be a bit more challenging. You don't have nearly as many tu- as many tutors in the Historic Brawl card pool. You don't have things like Mana Rocks that net mana. Um, so it, it can be sort of a challenge to make this archetype work in the format. But uh, that's actually what we're going to be focusing on today. There are a handful of uh, combo decks that are viable in Historic Brawl. So we're going to talk about our favorite. We are coming up on a rotation. So if you're really loving your Niv-Mizzet Reborn deck or your Kiora deck or something like that, and it's about to no longer be playable in the Brawl queue, the Brawl queues, Historic Brawl is a great place for you to transition to. But uh, one one downside of Historic Brawl compared to, say, older Commander-style formats like Commander or Oathbreaker is that um, it doesn't have the depth of card pool, so there's things that are a little bit more difficult to do in this format. So aggro is definitely viable, control is viable, but combo, because you need like very specific, high-powered things to make it work, can be a bit more challenging. You don't have nearly as many tu- as many tutors in the Historic Brawl card pool. You don't have things like Mana Rocks that net mana. So... It, it can be sort of a challenge to make this archetype work in the format. But uh, that's actually what we're going to be focusing on today. There are a handful of uh, combo decks that are viable in Historic Brawl. So we're going to talk about our favorite Historic Brawl combo decks today. Before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. 
If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right. Uh, well, before we jump into our top five, I want to bring a bring up a couple honorable mentions. And the first is a new addition to the format coming out of Jumpstart. It is Bruvac the Grandiloquent. So um, Bruvac, as you, you may have seen some lists for this already in Commander, and it works, and basically all the major pieces uh, are available in Historic Brawl, which is to say Persistent Petitioners is available in Historic Brawl. <laughs> Uh, Bruvac um, is himself an advisor, so it's really easy to curve, like, turn two persistent petitioners, turn three Bruvac, turn uh, turn four pet petitioners, petitioners, and just mill your opponent for 24, then untap, do it again. Uh, if you want to, if you're worried about, like, interaction, spot removal, counter spells, you can play a little bit of a slower game, um, but it's just a really resilient combo deck kills people very quickly, and you're in color for some of the cheap uh, counter spells like Spell Pierce, Swan Song, Miscast, um, just to protect your combo. Yeah, I think one of the things about the Bruvac combo list, because I don't want to say too much, because there's not really too much to say about it, is that um, uh, I think the this will be like the grown test if Historic Brawl does become more supported if there become cues on arena for it just because it's so easy to put together and like the game plan is so consistent like uh i would assume that this would be one of the decks that like people would actually uh be playing a lot of if it was like a more supported format oh yeah uh just to go into that um that like easy to put together component so i did a quick look at the deck um and just if you were to craft this from from zero, if you were just to entirely use um, wild cards to get this, there is one mythic in the deck that's Bruvac. I have two rares, two rare counter spells in my list. There's one uncommon, and then the rest is common. So, and, and of course, because uh, uh, persistent petitioners, when you try to craft it in arena, basically if you craft four of them, then you get infinite of them. So crafting it from zero, it's like 20-something basic lands, four slots for petitioners, and then 10 other cards. It's so easy to make. So you're right. I'm sure we're going to see a ton of these if uh, Historic Brawl gets more support. It's also notable that because Historic Brawl is currently a 1v1 format on Arena, um, it's, it's just much, much better than it is in Commander. It, you really only have to focus on one opponent. Um, and of course, like the smaller deck size, like two shots is enough to kill someone, whereas that's not true in Commander and definitely not true in multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really like pumps up the power level of what's going on. All right, uh, moving on to the next honorable mention. This is Ugin's Eggs. Uh, so this is using Ugin the Ineffable as your commander. Um, Ugin, for those who don't remember him, is six cost legendary planeswalker Ugin. Colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Uh, you can uh, plus one him to exile the top card of your library face down and create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When the token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. Then finally, uh, minus three, destroy target permanent that's one or more colors, and he has four starting loyalty. The, brawl, the historic brawl version of this deck is not nearly as... Uh, efficient 
or, or like consistent as it as it is if you were to build this in say Oathbreaker. Um, but it's the same general concept. There's a lot of two cost mana rocks and uh, eggs that draw you cards in Historic Brawl. There's just, once you get Ugin down, it's pretty easy to just like consistently either net mana or net or uh, be card neutral on the things you're casting. So you can really churn through your deck quickly and build up an enormous board state. And then like in terms of win conditions, there's a couple things that work pretty well. Uh, Karn, Scion of Urza's Karn Structs get enormous when you've just cast 20 artifacts out of your deck. Um, also, like Ugin the Spirit Dragon, he is cheaper because of Ugin's, Ugin the Ineffable's cost reduction, and you also have a ton of artifact ramp. So you can get him down pretty quickly once you've got your Ugin engine going. Yeah, and you're going to probably see him. Like, if you do get Ugin the Ineffable down... That, that turn to next turn, you're probably going to say hi to, to Big Ugin. Mm -hmm. It's pretty likely. Yeah, it's it's really not hard to um, get through, dig through your deck, especially, like, there's a couple other tools that work really well with this. Let's see, Mystic Forge being the primary one. Um, with Mystic Forge, you just get, like, multiple bites at the apple, so to speak, with your cantrips. Um, you're less likely to get landlocked. You can dig a lot deeper um so there's it's a it's a pretty fun list it's an honorable mention because there's uh well first off you have to cast a six cost commander before you can really do anything with this deck yeah and you're and it's like not an enviable color identity to be in yeah that, that actually is something though that um impressed me is that there how many good colorless lands actually do exist in Historic Brawl at this point. I did not expect to be true, even though I've been watching them slowly come out over like the last few years. But um, I think if Brawl didn't have the... Uh, you can use just basics in your list. Oh, I know. Claws, that like, it would be pretty... This would be a pretty sad <laughs> list. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like the list I've been using has eight basic planes, um, but if I had to replace all those, the the list is not the list of like playable colorless lands in Historic is not that deep. It got a little bit better um, with the release of Amonkhet Remastered because now yeah. there's some some deserts that you can sub in, but still like prior to Amonkhet, you would have to be like running Gateway Plaza in a colorless deck just to meet the minimum number, it'd be miserable if you couldn't use basic lands and, and colorless identities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, like, it would have to be all those, like, little filter lands and just really not anything anyone really wants to be touching at this point. It'd just be miserable. But um, I think... With the two honorable mentions out of the way, do you want to get into like some of the, the beef? So let's move into our top five decks. What is number five on our list? Yeah, so number five on our list is a commander that we were uh, a little excited about and a little uh, sad about at the same time. It's Joyra Weatherlight Captain. I think Historic Brawl is a perfect place for a Joyra honestly, and uh, she's the first 
numbered deck on this list. So do you want to get into the the gameplay of this? Sure. Uh, so Jura, she has the ability, whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. So this deck is really focused, similar to the, the commander Jura list, it's really focused on extremely cheap um extremely cheap artifacts, especially ones that can also draw cards or can net mana, like, say, Mox Amber. Um, so the goal is to basically cast as much of your deck as you possibly can. And there is, um, you know, a little bit of interaction in there. You've made room for, like, the cheapest counter spells like Swan Song and Spell Pierce. Um, but really, the goal is to play out as many artifacts as possible, um, ideally generate some sort of board presence at the same time using cards like Sahili Sublime Artificer or um, or Psy Master Thopterus, who both create tokens whenever you cast either a non-creature spell or an artifact spell. Um, so you're, you're just blazing through your deck, making tons of tokens, um, and ideally, uh, as, as combo decks are wont to do, play in a lot more magic than your opponents are. Yes, and uh, you will be playing most of the magic with this deck when it's going off. It's mm-hmm. pretty insane how uh, the card flow just doesn't stop. <laughs> it just keeps on moving. Yeah, but uh, one noticeable one notable difference uh, for Historic Brawl Jira compared to Commander Jira, um, you just don't have access to as many zero-cost artifacts. So you're... Not uh, you're probably not going to cast your entire deck in one turn. It probably is going to be broken up uh, by into a couple turns, just because like your mana is a limiting factor. The way mm-hmm. in in a way that's not true for Commander Jorah. Yes, and also I think this version of it uh, actually makes use of the historic moniker. Like I think a lot of people think of Jorah, like Weatherlight Captain, as just purely artifacts and obviously like she's the best with them but um like drawing two cards off of fibblethip is a lot better like drawing a card off of emery to mill yourself to cast spells out of your graveyard like you are actually getting a lot more value out of the general historicness of the text box which i think is an interesting little thing i think like i definitely think of jorah as purely an artifact commander when uh, I think the historic brawl list really kind of makes use of just everything you have, just because you have to scrape together mm-hmm. like what little there is, which uh, is actually cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, and and another thing I like about this list is that unlike Commander Jorah, um, the win condition is something that your opponents can interact with. Like your win condition is you don't have access to like storm cards or like Aetherflux Reservoir, so you can't just boom, put put a gun to your opponent's head. Uh, you really have to win with these these token type of strategies. And so there's angles for your opponents to play. They can, um, you know, play a board wipe, try to reset you to zero. They can kill your Psy or your Sahili. So it's not just over for your opponents. There is counterplay um, in ways that aren't necessarily true for Commander Jara. Similar experience, but different in just enough ways to like I think give you a good a good uh, dose of serotonin, a little bit different type. Uh, so I would highly recommend this deck. It, it's uh, pretty cool that it still comes together in a, a similar way. The the next deck uh, 
has a similar play style in that you're you're casting a ton of spells. Um, it is Nylea, Keen-Eyed. So Nylea is the, the recent version of Nylea from the Theros Beyond Death. Um, and the, the, even though she's got a lot of text, the most relevant part of her text box is, is creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. So when she was spoiled, we talked a bit about a build for her in Commander that ran solely uh, zero and one cost colorless creatures. So creatures that would have their cost reduced to zero with Nylea out on the board. So you could make use of things like Beast Whisper, Guardian Project, Glimpse of Nature, etc. to just churn through your entire deck. And fortunately, um, Beast Whisper and Guardian Project are legal in Brawl as well, or legal in Historic Brawl, mm-hmm. as the case is. Uh, one thing that's different with the Historic card pool, as opposed to just Commander uh, Vintage card pool, is that you don't have nearly as many of those colorless, of those cheap colorless creatures to have their cost reduced to zero. So the creature base actually looks very different from older formats with Nylea available as a commander. So rather than being like solely cheap artifact dorks, um, there's a lot of creatures that um, cost two mana. Unfortunately, that's just a concession you got to make to make the deck work. But most of them are mana dorks that um, can then produce more mana and help you combo off better in later turns. So you're really building up your board, building up your mana, and you get access to a lot of the same draw engines as you would in Commander. Um, so this, this deck is pretty fun. Um, again, similar to Jura, you're a little bit limited in the win conditions available to you. So you are probably going to be turning your creatures sideways at some point, and that's that gives your opponents an opportunity to interact with it. Yeah, definitely not just a... It's not completely solitary. Yeah. I think um, that's actually one of the things about the Jorah list and this list, and I think some of the other lists that we're going to see is that, like, um, there are multiple points of interaction. It's not like, do you have the kill spell while I cast Splinter Twin? If you don't, I win kind of stuff. Um, And it can get to that point, but, like, there's multiple stops along that route that can really gum you up. So, um this list, I love the redundancy of it because, like, they can kind of shoot your feet out from under you, but eventually you're going to uh, draw another, like, overgrown battleman or paradise druid or whatever you need and kind of keep moving and just keep the keep the flow moving, get the cards drawing, and it, it's pretty hard to completely ruin your game plan. Yeah, definitely. But so that's another uh, exciting combo list available in Historic. Um, let's move on to number three on our list. Yeah, and uh, this one is another green deck, but it plays actually pretty differently. <laughs> oh yeah, this one's uh, really interesting. Um, so we mentioned this. There's actually a, a couple lines of combo for this commander. Um, we mentioned this combo when. Uh, when Theros Beyond Death, or actually no, when Ikoria came out, but I think it's it's viable in Historic Brawl. So 
This next commander is Selvala, Heart of the Wilds. She was just recently added to Historic Brawl through Jumpstart. And she has a couple abilities. Uh, she's one green green for a 2-3 legendary elf scout. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. And the important line of text is green tap, add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So there are is a lot of, of beef in Historic Brawl. Um, you get access to things like Gigantosaurus. You get access to uh, to Kogla, the Titan Ape, to Nessian Boar, 10 mana for 5 power. Um, so there's a ton of ways to just generate a ton of mana by playing a, a pretty fair, green, stompy type of gameplay. But there's also some combo potential with this commander. And do you want to highlight that? Yes, so it actually took me a second to uh, <laughs> to find it, but um, there is a card that I, honestly is just good in this list anywhere. There's Kogla the Titan Ape. Uh, Kogla the Titan Ape is a 7-6 ape for 3 and 3 green. And when it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Um, it, when it attacks, you destroy target artifact or enchantment defending player controls. A lot of stuff, and even more stuff, it has this ability that is interesting, kind of makes this next part work. One green return target human you control to its owner's hand. Kogla gains indestructible until end of turn. So the important part there isn't the indestructible, it's the bounce the human to your hand. Uh, because there is a human in Historic Brawl that is super innocuous, it's just this like silly common uh, Hyrax Tower Scout, which is a 3-3 human scout for two and a green that says when Hyrax Tower Scout enters the battlefield, untap target creature. So really what's going on here is if you have a Kogla in play and a Selvala, you can tap Selvala for a green, make seven, um, play Hyrax Tower Scout, untap Selvala, you have four green mana floating, tap her again, you get seven more mana, so you, now you're at ten, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, infinite mana, infinite cast on Hyrax Tower Scout, um, and you. I guess now we should get into like what you can do with that. Yeah. So the it's 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 fortunate that like Hyrax Tower Scout has to be cast again as part of this combo because that means you can make use of Guardian Project, Beast Whisperer, and similar cards so that once you've got this combo assembled, you're likely to have. Uh, one of these engines that'll allow you to draw your deck. You can cast all the creatures. You can finale of devastation for infinite, or you can just like you know cast a crater hoof and take it from there. So the you just it's it's really a a four card combo all told, but yeah. just as part of the natural gameplay of the deck, you're going to um, be drawing a lot of cards off of these engines, so it'll make it easier to find stuff. Um, you do have access to a little bit of tutoring power in the historic format because you've got Fierce Empath to find Kogla. You can Finale of Devastation to try to find your combo pieces. There's Shared Summons, uh, which can find both of the creature combo pieces. Well, it can find like you know either Kogla and Hyrax, or if you have one of those already, you can grab like a Beast Whisperer, and then you have everything you need to go off. Yeah, I didn't think that 
historic brawl would be a good place for shared summons but it like really kind of is because there's a lot of janky stuff like this um and honestly like i say the word janky because it's a four card combo but like none of these are like if you're just playing selvala and you play a kogla you're not ashamed of that play like at all Mm-hmm. Um, like I wouldn't be ashamed to run a finale of devastation or like a crater hoof in any green list, like all the cards involved, um, with the exception of Hyrax Tower Scout, which even alone isn't bad, like not in this list. Like if you have a Selvala and just like a big dude, if you cast Hyrax Tower Scout, untap Selvala and tas- cast another dude, like that might just be making it easier to create a hoof next turn for like the kill with all the creatures or something like that. Like really, I think the thing about this that's really cool is that like none of these cards are cards that I'd be embarrassed playing just on their face, but they just come together in such like a powerful way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also want to highlight another neat feature of the deck, which is uh, using pump spells as rituals. So if you like, Giant Growth is essentially a dark ritual when you have an active Selvala out. And there's a handful of pump spells in this format that also untap a creature. So if you, say, uh, cast like a, a Stony Strength or a Steady Aim on your Selvala, if that's like the largest creature on the battlefield, then, I mean, and it may be after you finish casting your pump spells, like it's making more and more mana and also untapping her so you can use her again, generate even more mana. So it's really easy to generate a ton of mana off of your commander and cast all these big donks that are, are filling this deck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's actually my other favorite part about this deck is that your your combo kind of fizzles out like, well, you still got a Galta. Yeah. <laughs> like the, things could be worse. <laughs> Yeah, really, the, the combo is is just sort of there. If for whatever reason you can't get across the finish line with all your 10 power and 12 power creatures. So, yeah. I mean, do you want to move on to the next guy? Yes. Uh, so as we sort of progress up this list, we're getting into decks that are more consistent, that are um, less fragile, less likely to fizzle. So this next one is is really powerful, pretty easy to assemble, and um, has access to a little bit of um, disruption, and it's just, uh, well, well, we'll just jump right into it. It is Veto Sanguine Bond Combo. So Veto Thorn of the Dusk Rose is a new commander just released in M21, and when we when it was released, we mentioned, oh, there's a one-card combo with Exquisite Blood, because uh, Veto is going to... Uh, trigger whenever you gain life and make your opponents lose life. And Exquisite Blood is like the second half. It's the reciprocal. Um, whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. So wh- that was like notable for Commander, but at the time, Exquisite Blood wasn't legal on Historic Brawl. But that's changed with the introduction of Jumpstart, because one of the um, vampire decks had Exquisite, Blond- Exquisite Bond as, or sorry, Exquisite Blood as one of its rares. So now both halves of the combo are legal in Historic Brawl, and um, there's a surprising amount of tutors to help you set this up in Historic Brawl. You have access, I mean, granted some of them have some downsides, you have access to like Wishclaw Talisman, and um, 
uh, scheming symmetry, but then there's also some more traditional ones like Grim Tutor, uh, Masterminds Acquisition. So it's it's not too difficult to find the other half of the combo, and then once you've got both of them on the battlefield, all you need to do is like either gain life or make an opponent lose life, which isn't isn't too tricky to pull off. Yes. Oh my god. Especially I think for this list, like. There are just so many tacked-on ways to trigger life gain or life, life loss in this list. Like, I always forget that, like, Mire Triton gains you two life when you cast it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Mire Triton is a, it's just a two-one death touch for one and a black, and mill yourself two, gain two. Um, just, like, little things like that, and there, there's so many of them. Like, it really doesn't matter, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, what you're doing. And I think having the guys like little flyers little evasive guys death touch guys it kind of puts your opponent in like it's pretty hard for it not to happen once like the pieces are assembled yeah i I definitely uh, as i was building this list i definitely tried to identify opportunities to to sneak in that life gain so like there's radiant fountain which is just a land that taps for colorless and when it enters the battlefield you gain two life um there's foreboding fruit which when it, um, it, you know, just it's just a draw spell. Target player draws two cards and loses two life, but if you spend three black mana on it, it has an adamant ability that creates a food token. So, And then, of course, there's just a handful of little death touch guys that normally sort of serve as roadblocks to prevent, like, an aggro deck from killing you before you can assemble your combo. But as, as you mentioned, Meyer Triton gains you some life. Uh, Vampire of the Dire Moon has lifelink, uh, so there's just handful of cards like that, or like Erebos' Intervention. It normally functions as a kill spell, but it has that little life gain rider to make it so that in a pinch, you can just set off Veto and kill your opponents. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty crazy how consistent it is. And my, I think, like, honestly, favorite goofy tech is just the fact that you can run Wishclaw Talisman. Like... This card is, this is like the perfect example of when this card is good, where like you get to use it first, uh, you get your combo piece, you win. Like it doesn't matter that you give it away to uh, an opponent. Like it's it's like the perfect card for this list. Like a super cheap tutor you can use whenever you need it and mm-hmm. uh, just win <laughs> after that. It's great. All right. Are you ready to move on to the number one historic brawl combo deck? Yeah, and I'm actually I'm actually really excited about this one. Uh, so I think we've mentioned this before in uh, in Commander, but surprisingly, it does work in Brawl as well. This is Iluna Apex of Wishes, and it's the Omniscience combo. I, I think we may have talked about this in uh, in the context of Historic Brawl as well. Have we mentioned that before? Uh, I think we have in the past, but. It, we, yeah, I would have to go back and check. Someone can probably fact check us on this if if they remember. But we we definitely talked about this combo as a a thing before. Um, and yes, it does work in historic brawl. Yeah, the the main thing is just having access to omniscience. That was because it was printed in M nineteen. It's legal in historic brawl, and so you can count on flipping into that every game where you mutate your Iluna. So the aside from that, like the 
The types of cards that you're looking for in this deck are ramp to help you get to your, your six mana mutate cost and uh, card draw so that once you have the omniscience down, you can kind of just churn through the rest of your deck. Um, you also need token generation. The token generation is what gives you the thing to target with Luna. You don't actually want to run any permanence other than omniscience in your deck, so you need spells that generate that those non-human creature tokens. One thing I, I like about this deck and what puts it above veto for me is that there's just so much redundancy. Um, you don't ever need to draw the omniscience, and, and in fact, uh, it's very bad for you if you do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but really all you need to go off is just any token generation spell, and there's a lot of redundancy there. You kind of are just countering spells and drawing cards and bouncing things or whatever you're kind of doing, and then when, hopefully, or usually when you have counterspell backup, you go Eluna uh, onto, like, an amass token or like a goblin or whatever little just kind of cheap guy you got kind of in passing and just win <laughs> after that. Mm -hmm. It's really cool and really uh, a lot more interactive than most combo decks are. And I think I really appreciate it for that. Yeah, I was worried when I first built this deck that it would be um, too fragile because if your opponent does have a kill spell for whatever you're mutating onto, then you just get the Aluna, you don't get the mutate trigger, and you have to wait for her to die and, and cast her again. But, you know, because you have access to blue, you have a lot of cheap interaction, you can easily count, like, keep a little bit of mana open to counter the removal that you expect your opponent has. And so um, protecting the combo is not hard, and um, it's uh, it, it's worked pretty well for me in the testing I've done. Yeah, no, it's like really exciting. I like this kind of deck is one of the reasons that I'm sad that like Historic Brawl isn't like supported more. Because especially like right now, and it's hard to just go out to a shop or even just like see your friends and play a game. Like Historic Brawl is the closest thing we really have to like good automated like digital commander. Mm -hmm. um, and this list, I think, really highlights that. Like this is an archetype that exists in Commander proper that translates like really well and like in a really fun way to historic brawl. So I really do like this list and I really do hope that we can start seeing more as they push historic as a format on its own. I'm hoping that they also uh, open up some space for historic brawl. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, this brief little foray into historic brawl. Um, let us know what you've brewed. There's been a lot of new cards added to Historic Brawl lately, what with Jumpstart and the release of Amonkhet Remastered. So please let us know if, if you've identified any other cool combos that work in this somewhat limited format. And also uh, let us know if you're interested in more Historic Brawl com uh, content in the future. It's a really fun format. I'm hoping that we'll see more support for it soon. And... Um, Shout out to all the folks on the Brawl Hall Discord server. I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kevin, Kaidel, and Jeremy.
Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.